second quarter GDP numbers just released, and they do show another contraction for a second consecutive quarter, which could signal the U.S. economy is in recession. This comes after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates again yesterday, with the Fed chair saying the path to avoiding recession has, quote, narrowed. Let's bring in NBC News senior business analyst and host of the 11th hour on MSNBC, Stephanie Rule, Jonathan Lemire, Mike Barnacle, Caddy Kay, all still with us as well. Steph, good to see you. So let's dig into this. Uh, Janet Yellen, Jerome Powell, others have said this is not what an economy in recession looks like with low unemployment, plenty of jobs available to people. But yes, inflation at 40 year high. And now by some definitions, as you know better than most, this does show this new number on the GDP that the economy is in a recession. So what's the word? It's a very, very complicated situation. Listen, people don't like to hear that the economy is shrinking. But remember, by raising rates, that's what Jay Powell is trying to do. And to simply say, we have a good economy or we have a bad economy. Come on, Willie. We have to remember what's actually causing inflation. You've got a war in Ukraine. We've got supply chain issues that are still lingering from COVID. This is complicating things. But you just laid out a few of the points. When you normally have a contracting economy, you don't have sizable wage growth. You don't have unemployment as low as it is, right? Go out down any main street in America and you're going to see help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. And even housing, while people are concerned that housing prices are getting softer, they're still above pre-pandemic levels. And remember, just a few months ago, we were hoping to get some relief in the housing market. So what we have on our hands is a complicated, confusing economy. I know politicians don't like that. Thank you, Andrew. So in terms of what we're seeing in the data, whether it is the GDP number, whether it is the jobless claims number, this is an economy that's weakening at a much faster rate than most people expected. That's the bottom line. Whether we're in recession or not is not as interesting as the fact that we are weakening really fast. Um, in terms of what does it mean? Well, there were two FOMC um, messages yesterday. There was a scripted message, which was that inflation is much too high, that yes, the economy is weakening, but don't worry about it because the labor market is incredibly tight and we're going to continue tightening. And then there was that unscripted but consequential comment that we are at neutral. So depending on which FOMC message you look at, you get very different um, conclusions with today's data. I think the bottom line Andrew, we're not out of the stagflationary forces yet. Yes, inflation is going to come down at a headline level, but it's not going to come down fast enough given how fast the economy is weakening. And that's going to put the Fed in the same dilemma it's been in for the last few months. Things are moving in the wrong direction and they're moving faster than I think some people had expected in the wrong direction. But at the same time, there's a view, I, and I think it's a fair view, which is to say this is what was supposed to happen if the Federal Reserve was going to do what it's been doing, which is to say it has been putting its hands on the neck of the economy and trying to slow things down. That's what they've been doing. And now it's working to some degree. I mean, it's sort of a very strange feeling to say this is what we wanted, but we are now going to have a slower economy. Uh, we may have a recession. A recession, the word, I think, is now just a political football as to you know what those ads come this fall during the midterms actually say. Are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? I think most Americans have a lived experience. They know what this feels like. And this feels very different than what the world felt like, call it 12 months ago, when, you know, it felt like confetti was coming out of the sky and, along with money. And in fact, actually, money was coming out of the sky. It was showing up in your mailbox. So there's a, there, it's a different feeling. And, and that's where we are. 
I will say the markets have been actually very contained today. I, you know, some people would have thought recession, they'd be falling precipitously. Not so much. Steady. Steady in large part because there's a view now that actually the Federal Reserve won't have to keep its hands on the neck of the economy in the way that it had. Yeah, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And that was a great background of kind of history to get us up to this point. As you know, you know, this this book, it, it walks through the history of the Fed, but it really looks at what the Federal Reserve has done over the last 10 years, which is unprecedented in the history of the Fed. The, the Fed has really broken the graph of history. It has engaged in a series of unprecedented and, and really truly radical experiments in printing money. And we can walk through all of this. Uh, but, you know, you're asking me about that subtitle, How the Fed Broke the American Economy. And that's a very confrontational subtitle. And I really stand behind it more and more every day. The Fed broke the economy in a few key ways. First of all, the Fed's actions helped widen wealth inequality probably more than any single institution in the United States. The Fed drove the gap between the very, very richest and everybody else to its widest point in history through its money printing. And we'll talk about how that works. But then secondly, by, by doing this over a decade, by pumping money into Wall Street, by boosting stock market prices, corporate debt markets, and all the rest of it, the Fed has, has put us in a terribly fragile position. They have created enormous asset bubbles on Wall Street. It's, it's what the hedge fund types call the so-called everything bubble. And that's what's left us in such a precarious state today, where, where the Fed is being forced to try to fight inflation by tightening the money supply. But in doing so, it's really risking a massive financial crisis. So that's how the Fed ha has broken the economy. It's enriched the rich, and it's made our financial system so fragile today. Credit card rates, car loan rates, all and, up. And where are the workers? Okay, so we're going to see credit card rates go up. If you're carrying a balance, try to get that balance down as quickly as you can. Your mortgage rate's going to go up if you if if, if you have uh, a rate that that is adjustable. Uh, if you don't, or you're trying to get a new home, it's it's going to be higher than it used to be, which also means that housing prices are likely to come down again. So that's all of that. The second part of your question: Where are the workers? Help wanted signs all over the place. Okay, you tell okay. me. Let's, this let's, is the piece. This, this is more of the mumbo jumbo you get from the business media. Okay. It is uh, Thursday, 28 July, year of our Lord, 2022. You're in the war room. I want to start with our two heaviest hitters, both Lou Dobbs and Steve Cortez, to walk through all of it. I do want to say in starting this and going go through the math and what's happened, uh, last night we'll talk about our special on the Federal Reserve, the, the Lords of Easy Money. I want to thank Christopher Leonard. Overwhelming response to that from our, from our viewers and listeners. Um, but the most important, to give you a signal, not noise, the Chinese Communist Party announced right before the call with Xi and, uh, and Biden that they're putting in $148 billion, a bridge, a, a emergency crisis set of loans to back up the banks for the, for the, uh, the, th the implosion of Chinese real estate. More than anything else that will happen today. That will guide your life and affect your life in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead. China's real estate market is now officially cratering. The Chinese Communist Party understands the tanks outside, uh, the, the lockdowns, not letting people get to their money, putting the tanks outside, call, calling the Lao Beijing's sa uh, savings accounts investment products. It's not going to work. 
I said yesterday, I gave an interview to, to G News on Chinese TV and said, hey, uh, you're standing between them and their money. This is where they're going to light the fuse of a revolution. And you're seeing it all over the world. China today announces $148 billion. The crisis they have in real estate is 10x what we had in 2007, 2008, 10x. It's all going to come home to roost. You see this madness today. Uh, Lou Dobbs, my question to you, because people have come to you for 40 or 50 years, this mumbo, the business media is embarrassing. This mumbo jumbo, we're in a recession, not in recession. They're trying to uh, run, they're trying to run interference. They're trying to be pulling guards for the Biden regime. Think of the destruction the Biden regime has done in less than in two years, what, in a year and a half, the destruction they've done to this economy, Mr. Lou Dobbs. Steve, first, it's great to be with you. Secondly, you're exactly right. And what we witnessed the uh, the host over on CNBC when he got to the part, he lost the second part of the question, you remember? And he says, what was the second part? Oh, yes, the workforce. <laughs> it's an afterthought for the corporatists in this country. It's an afterthought for the Biden administration. It was the primary purpose of policy for, as you well know, as the former chief strategist of the Trump administration and the White House and the president, they, men and women in this country, working men and women, their families were the number one priority. It was America first, Americans first. And to see people talking about the economy in sort of narrow silos. When talking about what is happening, we cannot in any way ignore fiscal policy. We have watched this administration spend money lavishly. We're looking at over 30 trillion dollars in national debt. And yes, that exceeds our, the size of our economy. It is, it is a tinderbox right now as an economy because of what we have in, at the Fed, which is a, a balance sheet filled with $9 trillion of assets that they've got to sell into uh, this market in order to s slow inflation. And at the same time, we have to recognize that the Fed push that money, not just into the American economy, but into Europe, into China. And the result has been, frankly, a, a disaster, as you, you know, as you reported yesterday. We're looking at a prospect here uh, of a, an administration that will lead us into, I think, the most dangerous economic times that we have witnessed since the 1930s. And the reason I say it is, the top two officials of this administration have no idea in the world. It's time to be straightforward. We have a president who's cognitively impaired. He is, he is inoperable. And we have a vice president who is, has no knowledge. She has no capacity to communicate. She has also uh, an undetermined uh, philosophy that she would bring to any job. But my God forbid the presidency of the United States. And who does that leave us? That leaves us Nancy Pelosi. Uh, we are looking at a, a real serious situation unless we find some serious people. And by the way, the chief economics advisor in the White House, Steve, Brian Deese, he's an attorney. And he is out talking about two, two consecutive quarters of contracting GDP, don't uh, recession make. That is nonsense. Uh, and, and just more lies emanating from this Marxist den led White House. Lou, uh, I want to come back to you right now. C Cortez, hang on for a second. Uh, Lou, when Lou Dobbs says 
I see us on the precipice of the greatest financial crisis we've had from the 1930s. People sit up and take notice. You, you've been through, this ain't your first rodeo. Uh, walk us through that. What, 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 when Lou Dobbs looks at the numbers, when Lou Dobbs looks at the leadership, when Lou Dobbs looks at the messaging, what is it that puts the fear of God into Lou Dobbs about what could happen to this nation's economy, sir? Your second item in that question, leadership. Where do we turn for leadership? We have Chuck Schumer working out a deal with Joe Manchin uh, and shame on Manchin for going along. He knew what the principles were. He knew where he should stand in terms of his integrity and to give an inch on the build back America nonsense at this time when we're looking at hyperinflation, double digit inflation already at the retail level and uh, excuse me, the wholesale level and soon to be there with the consumer and the broad purchasing economy. Uh, we have to have somebody who has the integrity and the intelligence and the knowledge to understand this is a time for constraint in not every area, but in important areas. It is a time for constraint in terms of fiscal policy, and it is a time to understand that moderation at the Federal Reserve, there is not a single governor on that Federal Reserve, not a bank president, or a chairman who has the experience and the proven knowledge and talent to, to try to front run a market. The first rule in my judgment should be for the Federal Reserve always, follow the markets first. And this chairman of the Fed has chosen time and time again to think he's smart enough to anticipate correctly, forecast an outlook uh, that should be biblical uh, in uh, in terms of its acceptance on the part of the society and the economy. And he has been horribly wrong. Transitory inflation. What we have now is we're on the brink of hyperinflation. Uh, to talk about markets that need to be uh, cooled off. He wants to keep the pedal down. And yesterday he had, to, he had to fight first himself because he had to acknowledge now you've ever been uh, data-driven, this is the time for the Fed to do so. Uh, because uh, you know, size Lou, hang on for one Hang on for one second. We're taking a short break. We got Steve Cortez. We have Lou Dobbs. We've got Dave Walsh is going to join us. We're going to have talk about energy. We're going to talk about the markets, talk about the Fed, all of it. Also, this uh, mansion bill. Lou Dobbs, Dave Walsh, the great Steve Cortez, all next in the war room. Because we're taking down the CCP. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. 
and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Far be it from me to say that Walmart missed their numbers because they took out my pillow. But hey, you know, correlation is not, uh, was it consequence? I don't know. This is what Cortez told me. MyPillow.com. Walmart took them out, but you can still go to MyPillow.com, promo code WAR, and get the classic pillow, $19.88. Got the sheets for $39. Got buy one, get one freeze all over. But just go there today. The armor-piercing shell, the great patriot that is Mike Lindell, MyPillow.com. Go there. Check out our square. All the great sales are right there. And um, thank you for your support. Love Mike Lindell. Love the MyPillow guys. Thank you for their sponsorship. Lou Dobbs, you've you've uh, you essentially Trump will tell you you've 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 been the mentor to Donald Trump over forty years plus, with your new show, myself, Cortez, all of us, cut our teeth on watching Lou Dobbs. You only got to speak truth to power for decades and decades and decades about trade balances and trade deals and everything about the American manufacturing getting sent overseas. Uh, sir, this morning we we did the cold open in your honor. We had Stephanie Rule uh, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. What's your assessment of when they, they basically tell the war room audience that the economy's too confusing? It's, you know, so many signals are so confusing. Just sit there and hear us, hear what our spin is. Lou Dobbs, your assessment, sir. Where journalists' first job was to provide answers, not to create questions and greater ambiguity, but they seem to be very comfortable with that role because that keeps them out of the pitfalls of uh, their corporate uh, uh, commitments, uh, their masters in the boardroom who control the the business press in this country. And it's not just NBC or CNBC or MSNBC, although Comcast does at times look to corner the market on corporatist reporting. It is, it is a shame. We have to be so skeptical of all of the business press, all of the corporatist media. It's no better in business than it is in politics. There is a decided bias, there is an agenda, uh, and it is, uh, it is woeful. And as to Walmart missing its earnings, I think it's uh, something we used to call karma. Uh, when they pulled Mike Dell's product, uh, the worst thing happened. Uh, and, and when you have people who pull your best-selling product or one of your best-selling products before politics, these are the kinds of things that result. It's not business, it's politics. 100%. Lou, how can people, people are going to want to really understand what Lou Dobbs thinks of this. How do they get to the podcast, which is daily? How do they get to your writings? How do they get to you on social media? Uh, social media at Lou Dobbs on Twitter and uh, at Lou Dobbs on Truth and uh, Getter and uh, on most of the uh, program uh, platforms, but also on all of the platforms. Uh, on for the podcast, which is The Great American Show. Don't you like that name? I love it. I love the podcast. It's fantastic. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I catch it every day. 
Appreciate. Got I got to get my Lou, I got to get my Lou Dobbs fix. Been doing it for fifty years or forty years, however long you've been doing it, Lou. I got to you got to get my fix, Lou Dobbs. Well, but, you're an American it, icon. He's just twenty five. You're making me sound much older than my. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's fifty. Fifty. Okay. <laughs> your your teenage bride. What the, the your wife? There was a teenage bride. I know. She, I know she's the decision maker too. I'm glad she's the producer. That's why the show's so great. We love her. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on, Lou. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Lou Dobbs. Cortez, I had to start such an iconic day. We had to start with Lou, uh, as you know. Right. And, and and back in the old days, you had Lou Dobbs. You had Steve Cortez. You had you would go to those shows. I'd watch them all the time. They, they gave it to you straight. Right. Wasn't always pleasant. I, I, this thing now is like we get more comedy polls, what we call them, you know, laugh out louds, right? Off of CNBC than we do off of MSNBC. And MSNBC, we're getting a lot, but I mean, in right. CNBC, it's just it's high. Last night, I just want to tell you is that the Lords of Easy Money, one hour, we asked Christopher Leonard, Steve, at the end of it, and this guy is steady Eddie, right? He's not a bomb thrower. We asked him, give mm -hmm. us, and we had a couple minutes left. Tell us the one thing, piece of advice about going for information. How do people find out more about the Fed, all that? He says, my one piece of advice is tell your audience under no circumstances, watch CNBC. Right. They're just a bunch of cheerleaders. Steve Cortez, assessment. No, and I concur. And I take no pleasure in saying that because it used to be a great network. I worked there for a long time. It's where I cut my teeth in broadcasting and, and so many amazing broadcasters like Lou Dobbs uh, at one point worked there. But what I saw happen when I worked at CNBC was during the Obama-Biden administration, when uh, GE was at that point the corporate parent of CNBC, uh, GE increasingly became effectively a department of the Obama administration, let's face it, and they put enormous pressure on CNBC to always pursue narrative rather than real storytelling, rather than fact-finding, rather than real journalism and broadcasting. So a network that used to pr provide a very valuable service to provide financial and market literacy and information to the masses, uh, unfortunately, became a spin-dominated enterprise. And that's what it is to this day. Speaking of spin this morning, watching all of these business media and corporate media talking heads try to spin this recession into something that's actually positive, uh, they look like that girl in The Exorcist, their heads are spinning so hard, trying in some way uh, to to excuse what is a Biden recession and a very deep Biden recession at that. So the, the, the numbers today confirm what we have long known, what the American consumer has long known, that we are in a recession. And by the way, uh, one thing you notice about business media and folks like Stephanie Rule, uh, it's, it's all sloganeering. Very rarely do they bring up numbers. Very rarely do they show you a table, charts. Very rarely do they go to the math. Why? Because the math is so damning. For example, you were talking about Walmart. Walmart now, uh, by far the biggest retailer in the United States, it has now massively missed its numbers twice in just the last three months. And this is from a company, while I don't appreciate at all the ideology of the management in Bentonville, but I will be the first to concede that these are killers, the managers of Walmart. It is one of the best run enterprises in the world. And yet, the stock price has absolutely cratered, gapped down massively twice in just the last three months. Why? Because even Walmart, even those executives, as skilled as they are at their craft, they cannot handle the uncertainties of a Biden economy where the consumer is crashing. We also found out in this GDP report this morning, five yeah. consecutive quarters now of lower real disposable income. Real wages are crashing in America. This, okay, Stephanie Rule said it's too complicated. Andrew Ross Sorkin said this thing is so murky.
That's where we got Cortez on here in the war room. Walk us through your assessment of yesterday afternoon, the sure. Fed, the, the pals, you know, reading tea leaves and uh, this morning's announcement, sir. You bet. So listen, uh, regarding yesterday, the Fed did the right thing. They need to aggressively raise interest rates. They also need to get far more aggressive in reducing the balance sheet, which they have not had the guts to do yet. But the Fed has put itself into a terrible corner. There are no good options now. They must raise interest rates because inflation is out of control and no one should assume that it can't get massively worse ahead. Given what's going on with natural gas, we showed that chart earlier. Natural gas, which is the primary fuel for factories and farms in America, it is once again absolutely soaring. So no one should assume that the highs we saw in June, for example, and things like crude oil and gasoline, that those are permanent highs or lasting highs. We can go right back there very, very quickly. So the Fed needs to be aggressive. I'm glad they were yesterday. It's a shame that Jerome Powell chose to lie to the American people for over a year, telling us that it was, quote, transitory when he absolutely had to know better with his army of PhDs. And you know, regarding today's news, another aspect of the spin that folks like Powell, like Janet Yellen, like Stephanie Rule, uh, the spin will be, well, this is a global issue. This is somehow Putin's fault. No, the United States is worst in show. And what I mean by that is compared to all the other industrial economies in the world, we are literally in the worst shape. And I want to back this up with data and math. So if we could go to chart one, uh, this is on PMIs, Purchasing Managers Index. And I really like to watch these, Steve, because they're done all over the world uh, and really done in the, in the same way. So it's a true good apples to apples comparison of what's going on. This is the composite, which combines manufacturing as well and the, as and the, services. And the, and the, and the, and the and these are the guys that have to make the decisions about buying, using vendors, buying stuff. So this is really Correct. the beating heart of an economy. Correct. Very forward exactly. beating heart of the economy. And it's the closest thing we've got to a global look because it's the, the math they get is pretty well, even from places like as close to the CCP, right? That's exactly correct. And if we look at that chart, unfortunately, you know, and again, gives me no pleasure to say this. Look at where the United States is. That's compared to the G20. We are in the cellar. We are literally in the basement, the lowest PMI in the world among industrial countries. 47.5 is our number. Anything under 50 signals contraction. And of course, we are in a contraction. We are in a recession. When I saw this, Steve, by the way, you know what? It really made me think of uh, one of my favorite movies, Miracle. There's a great scene. Uh, where where Coach Brooks comes in, Herb Brooks, and he comes in and he tells the the American players, those young college kids, as they are about to play the Soviets, uh, he said, "You were born for this. You were born Americans. You were born to be hockey players." Well, I'd like to say that to the American people. You, you were not born to be the worst in show in the world economically. You were born for greatness. You were born for prosperity. You're born to be an American, and we have a glorious inheritance that is being squandered—an inheritance of success. Uh, of, of, of expectations that are high and expectations that are then exceeded economically. So we have the opposite situation right now. We have to dispassionately assess it, right? We can't just have happy talk. Uh, we can't do dive into the mumble tank the way the corporate media does. Uh, so we need a dispassionate assessment of where we are. The situation is incredibly dire. And how do we get out of it? And, and how do we claim, you know, what again, what is our birthright as Americans, which is excellence, excellence in all facets of life, including in the economy. We, we cannot settle for this current recession that we're in. And, and it is deep and it is likely to get worse if we don't immediately elect the right America first workers. If I can show one more chart here too, Steve, more bad news just today. Hold hang on one we'll do that after the break. I want to hold that. Yeah, I want to take a break. We're going to do this. We're also going to talk about, of course, their solution overnight was to come up and talk about a trillion dollars worth of spending and taxes and all that. 
Uh, we're going to get to all of this. We got Dave Walsh to talk about the energy. The global energy crisis continues to metastasize until somebody, some adult, sits there and goes, "We've got to get in a room and figure this thing out." We're going to drive over the cliff into the abyss at Mach two. All next in the war room. Homeowners beware. You could already be the victim of home title theft and not have a clue. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name onto the title to your home. Think about that for a second. May already have forged his name onto the title of your home and you not know it. Well, here's how you find out. My partners at Home Title Lock have a special free offer to my listeners. Now go to HomeTitleLock.com. Then simply enter your address for your free, no obligation, home title scan. This is how you discover if a cyber thief is already camping on your home's title. Look, the title to your home is the only document that proves you own it. And once he forges your title, he can take out loans in your home to forge your name, stating that he's the new owner. First things first, let's make sure your home's title is securely in your name. You can do that now by going to HomeTitleLock.com and use my promo code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O, RADIO. Then enter your address for free, no obligation, home title scan. That's a $100 value, totally free. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com, code RADIO. Do this today. Take action. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, MyPellet.com. Make sure we've talked about Walmart. We've talked about uh, even Lou Dobbs agrees, pulling uh, for political reasons. Make sure you support Mike Lindellis. Keep those factory lines open. MyPellet.com. Promo code War Room. Go check it out today. Action, action, action. Also, my guy, Eric Prince, he's obsessed with uh, security of communications. Unplugged.com slash war room. Go check that out today. You see the app he's got. The phones are not ready because of issues with supply chains. Won't be ready till the fall, but he's got an app ready to download. Protection, all the other apps, they can't monetize your app. They can't track you. They can't find out what you're looking at. And they've also got an encryption key. But go check it out. It's beyond my technical capabilities, but it's quite brilliant. We use it here at the War Room, so go to unplugged.com. Go check it out today. Uh, Cortez, tell me about, uh, you've got another, uh, you've, you've, you've selected another equity as emblematic of what the problem is. When you take these stocks, you're not saying buy the stock, short the stock. You're using these correct. as examples, correct? Right. Let's, talk, let's talk about your next one. Because some of these specific companies are reflective of the larger whole. And I'm not trying to pick on these companies, but they're important names for us to keep an eye on. And the newest today is Stanley Black & Decker, the tool maker, which is right now, as we speak, down 12% on the day. Steve, and again, I'm not just picking on them, but Stanley Black & Decker, like almost any company that is consumer-facing, is having enormous problems right now. Why? Because the consumer simply can't handle Biden's inflation combined with Biden's recession. But I want to put this chart up of SWK. That's the ticker for Stanley 
for Stanley Tools, because if we go back to this is when Biden took office. I think this is very reflective of the bigger reality out there for the economy. When, when Biden took office, Stanley was at $176. And if you see that up arrow there on the left side of the chart, he inherited tremendous momentum. The, the baton toss, the handoff from Trump to, uh, to Biden really gave him an economy that was roaring back to life, especially in the more reasonable jurisdictions, places like Florida uh, that stayed free and open. So he had incredible momentum. The Trump boom 2.0 was ascendant. But we see then that in the spring of 2021, unfortunately, uh, Stanley Black and Decker topped out there and has absolutely crashed ever since, has been more than cut in half off of its highs of, of 2021. And I think that this stock, unfortunately, is emblematic of a much larger problem in the U.S. economy. And this, this really portends terribly, Steve, for construction and for housing going forward. When you when you have a toolmaker miss like this, uh, particularly one that is as big and ubiquitous in the American economy as Stanley Black & Decker is, that is a really, really poor sign. It portends for, unfortunately, far more pain ahead in construction, uh, in the consumer sector. And it's just a, another really bare sign. When you combine that with the news out of Walmart, when you combine it with the macro data, with the PMI, uh, which we showed earlier, this is, this is a terrible Biden economy. And it's one that is decelerating, unfortunately. Uh, talk about decelerating. I want to get to two other uh, objects. I want to get to is the uh, it's a decelerating, and as you say, the real underlying economy is much worse than than, than people think. Uh, the Financial Times of London broke this morning a brutal story. We've I've had it up on Getter the last couple of days about the tanks outside, about the thirty percent drop in in real estate prices in in in, in China. But the Financial Times today has a headline of uh, coming out. China's central bank seeks to mobilize $148 billion right. bailout for real estate projects. The leverage over there, the phony numbers, now they got the uh -huh. tanks outside the bank, bank of China, not letting people get to their savings. Remember, the 50% savings rates, the biggest geopolitical asset the CCP has is Lao Beijing's savings, and they ain't letting them get to it. Steve, right. how big a deal? Well, this is 10x what the American problem was with the mortgage loans in 2007 that led to the 2008 crash. How yes. big a specter over the world economy, Brother Cortez, is this? Oh, listen, it's it's massive. And, and that's what makes me more concerned about this recession, this Biden recession, than even the 0809 recession, as bad as that was. At that time, you had uh, a massive problem in the United States, but China actually powered through. There was no recession in China then. Now, a lot of that was built on a mountain of debt and some uh, some phony numbers. So, I mean, to some extent, it was built on quicksand. But the point is, you still had an accelerating China at the time that you had a receding United States. Now, you have the two largest economies in the world who are crashing in concert, who are crashing in synchronicity right now, both the U.S. and China together. That makes this present situation far more dangerous, in my view, from looking at a, at a global perspective. And in addition to that, you have massive inflation, Steve. So we have the worst of both worlds, a decelerating economy in the United States, a crashing economy in China with prices rising. That's not supposed to happen in a normal business cycle. Back in 08 and 09, as bad as things were, and a lot of people were, were really suffering, at least the necessities of their life were getting cheaper for them because it was a deflationary recession. We now have an inflationary recession, where as your real wages crash, uh, you, the, the cost of the goods that you need, the necessities of life, not the luxuries, the necessities of life, continue to accelerate higher. So for that reason and from that perspective, I think that the situation right now is actually even more dangerous than the Great Recession of 08, 09. I think to, to come up with similar corollary, Steve, you got to go all the way back 
to the Great Depression. You've got to go back almost 100 years, I think, for applicable, applicable analogs to what's going on right now in the global economy. This, you're the second. You're Lou Dobbs first in the first segment, now you in the C block. World, this is yesterday, yesterday's headline in the financial. World's biggest consumer names announce soaring price increases. That's all getting right. passed on to you. This is, why, this is why at Walmart, what they said is that, hey, the folks are so broke after they come off our gas pump, but once they buy the food, there's nothing. They can't buy the T-shirt. They can't buy the shoes. They can't buy the right. CDs. For the kids, it just can't. There's no money. That's why their inventory has got a, pro, a massive problem. The other thing to remember, and this is where we're going to spend a lot of time walking through the next couple of days and weeks, so you fully understand it. The world right now is leveraged to the, there's three hundred trillion dollars of debt. When you take it all, when you add up, you add up government debt, corporate debt, personal debt. It, we're wash at three hundred trillion dollars in debt, predicated by this is what and Cortez and I have been trying to. Um, teach you or lay out the framework so you can think about it the, the the structure of the world's economy from 2000 since 2008 the solution of the central banks was to go to negative interest rates zero interest rates in tokyo uh the bank of london the ecb european central bank and the federal reserve the whole structure of the modern world economy is predicated upon free money cheap, just printed printed money just fiat currency that's it 300 trillion dollars in debt it's not structured to actually have interest rate. If Volcker came in and did the Volcker move, I got that up on Getter. If he came in and, and, and did his 500 basis point hit, the whole thing would collapse. You can't. So we're in this situation. And here's what's happening now. The phoniness of it is coming to light. The biggest phoniness is in China and the Chinese Communist Party. The way they powered through the 2008 was just to print more. What you're seeing now, and that's why they have the 30% drop in real value of their property. They can't let the revolution in China is not this time going to be a Tiananmen Square. It's going to be on the steps of that Bank of China branch in Henan province. That's where they sent the tanks there. Lao Beijing is going to sit there and go, that's my money, right? And I put the deposit on the, on the, on the apartment that's now 30% less. So you've already wiped out my equity. I want my cash back. I want my money. I want to get to my savings. Those tanks, the revolution in China that's coming, and they just announced, when the CCP announces a $148 billion, ladies and gentlemen, billion-dollar bailout of their banks. And by the way, where are they getting the money? Last time I looked, they're the guys buying our bonds. Remember, they come back to these deficits and all these big deficits. We got, we got three choices. You either got to raise taxes for revenue, which they ain't going to do. They're either going to sell securities bonds to the japanese insurance companies and to the chinese communist party which the chinese telling you that they're tapped out they got to take care of their own mess or you just continue to print money and run massive deficits and throw more gasoline more this is what the american Repo recovery project was in the spring in march of uh, of, of 2021 and who are the three guys telling you it was going to be massively inflationary uh steve cortez steve bannon and peter navarro on the war room we told you it was going to happen and that's where we are now Last night, the biggest signal we have, ladies and gentlemen, forget all the noise you're hearing and all the run around, the saving Biden's agenda, ba bing, ba bing, ba bung, forget it. Biggest signal that we're going to take the United States Senate was Joe Manchin, those guys, overnight coming up with a $700 billion. Steve Cortez, is that not simply a payoff? They understand the clock's running out. Right. They got to, well, they got control. They have to pay off the lobbyists and their corporate sponsors and their donors. And this is the wet kiss they give them 
on the way. Am I wrong in that, or is that what no, this whole you, thing's about, sir? You're you're one hundred percent right, uh, and I think Manchin was channeling Frankie Pentangeli, Frankie Five Angels, from uh, the Godfather <laughs> when he said, "Let's hit him now while we still have the muscle." Right? And listen, from a gangster <laughs> perspective, it makes sense. Now, it's terrible for America. It's terrible for our country. Uh, it's totally ethically wrong. But from a gangster perspective, that's what Manchin said. He said, let's hit him now while we still have the muscle, because we're not going to control the Senate in a few months. And they are very aware of that. And not just that, Steve, but there's there's a gang coming in. Speaking of, of good gangsters, our gangsters, uh, there are senators coming in, I believe, outsiders, people who mean it, real America first stalwarts and fighters. I mean, people like Blake yeah. Masters and Adam Laxalt, yeah. uh, J.D. Vance, this group, uh, Eric Greitens, this group that is coming in, this group means business and they're not going to put up with this kind of nonsense any longer. So I think you're exactly right. They did this while they could. Uh, and it, it's super unfortunate for the American people. It's only going to inflame the, the existing inflationary bonfire in this country right now. So it, it's terrible for our country, but it's pretty predictable gangster politics from the Dems with, with a hand from establishment Republicans, unfortunately, as well. By the way, we've had the we've had the the chips bill, which we support the chips part to bring the manufacturing back. I, I was a big advocate of this in the Trump White House with Peter Navarro. Of course, other forces uh, led the president not to do it. However, that bill for the 50 or 80 billion dollars you have and really making the companies bring it back and help underwrite that for a degree. It's got another couple hundred billion dollars of corporate welfare. Of course, it's got to have that on top of it. Right. This thing last night, they're saying it's 390. It's $700 billion of spending. It may be some tax increase. For, for instance, to make the war room Steve Bannon feel better, they say they're going after carried interest, but they're really not going after carried interest. That's all phony because right. their donors are not going to let them. This going to be, it's going to be out there for the headlines. It'll never happen. What will happen is the 700 billion. So correct me if I'm wrong, brother Cortez, in the last 24 hours, in this inferno, burning dumpster inferno of an economy, they actually come out in your face and say, we got another trillion dollars. You add the right. 750 and the 350. Am I, I'm rounding up. It's roughly a trillion dollars of literally corporate giveaways. Is that correct, sir? No, absolutely. And, and again, which is only going to massively uh, accelerate the existing inflation that's out there. Government spending is a massive cause of this inflation in the first place. And so their answer is, well, let's just do more of it. And by the way, regarding that chips bill and, and to connect that to your previous discussion of what's going on in China, um, it's outrageous that the United States is totally dependent upon Taiwan for chips. And we must onshore that production on, you know, on a broader scale. We must decouple entirely from China. Um, but but to connect this to the situation, what's going on internally in China, I think this is important as the CCP is increasingly put into a corner by its own people and by yeah. this financial predicament that they're in. Unfortunately, they are incentivized to try to create a massive diversion and, and thug Big regimes China. have done this historically. So they are very incentivized to attack Taiwan, to make moves against Taiwan. Uh, they are also incentivized uh, because we have an absolute weakling in the Oval Office who they neither fear nor respect. So this is an incredibly dangerous situation and connect the economic to the geostrategic. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. the CCP has good and valid reasons for its own power uh, to, to, to try to get much more aggressive regarding Taiwan. Incredibly dangerous for the world and for the U.S. economy. Steve Cortez, what's your social media? How do people track you down? Yeah, please follow me at The Getter. I'm at Steve. Very simple. I'm also at Twitter at Cortez Steve Cortez with an S. To make you feel better, Cortez, thank you. To make you feel even better, we're going to come back. We got, we got the one and only Dave Walsh. We're going to talk about the global energy crisis, how it just not only affects the energy, but it's metastasizing now into the food of the world. 
everything else going on. We're about to have a great famine. Brought to you by Human Action. Okay? Short commercial break. Dave Walsh, next in the war room. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication, and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone. 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's SAT123.com, SAT123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's SAT123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. Are you feeling frustrated and powerless in the face of sky-high inflation? Well, here's what you can do about it. Take a minute and go to my website, preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. You'll find what I call inflation-fighting food. Now, what is that? This is a long-term storage food, the kind that stays fresh for up to 25 years. Well, it's not only stays fresh, it stays affordable. You see, at today's prices, this food works out to around... $3 a meal per person. Let me repeat that. $3 a meal per person. But years from now, when food prices are sky high, you'll be eating well for only $3 a meal. In other words, you lock in affordable food for years to come. And right now, you'll save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit when you go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. These three-month kits with My Patriot Supply are in stock and ship fast with free shipping. This is an investment that will pay dividends for years to come. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. That's preparewithbannon.com. Take action. Do it today. Terms begins at CPAC, Texas. Join President Trump, Sean Hannity, Steve Bannon, and a packed house of conservative all-stars. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. A big red wave is coming. It all starts at CPAC, Texas. Fire Pelosi. Save America. And then a Republican president will return to the White House. Who, who, who will that be? The American Conservative Union is responsible for the content of this advertising. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. It's uh, the 27th of July, the year of the Lord, 
excuse me, the 28th, you know, I'm trying to go back in time, 28th July, year over 2022. Got Dave. By the way, I want everybody in Dallas, the North Texas area, all the local environments to be there. Uh, we're going to do a lot of special stuff at CPAC, taking the show on the road. Really look forward to seeing everybody, meeting the posse and uh, and sharing uh, your latest thoughts, analysis, and observations, as I say, on Getter. Make sure you go on Getter. You'll, you will triple the experience totally free. Learn how to download the app. Super simple. You got to have Hardenwell and Captain Bennett do, do that uh, tutorial. Super simple. I can do it. You can do it. And I'm a, I'm a moron when it comes to that stuff. Let's go to Dave Walsh. Uh, what up, Murderers Road this morning? Opening opening act in the war room. Lou Dobbs, Steve Cortez, Dave Walsh. We're not messing around here, right? Dave Walsh. Um, talk to, first off, Dave, you're, you're a numbers guy like Cortez. The reason we have you on here. Is that number, that number doesn't seem right to me. The, 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 some of the math doesn't add up about this GDP number, does it, sir? Well, we, we looked a month ago at the inflation data report from Commerce that was about 8.6%. And a, a lot of data, if you go back and look at the 1974-72 way of calculating um, inflation, looks more like 18 19%. If the market basket, including energy, fully weighted is inside of that, we're we're in the high teens, so I'm I'm going to question the the GDP numbers and one of the key reasons we talked yesterday about gas utilization at the pump, car gasoline down eight percent demand on that down eight percent year on year. This is people driving to work, driving to restaurants, driving to stores to buy things. That's a fundamental measure of activity. Way off demand is way off, and I said even in the 2008 significant recession depression we had. Gasoline utilization dropped about 4%. This year, year on year, down 8%. So I'm, I'm saying uh, the, the economic downturn is with us. It's real, measured through energy utilization, especially. So is it more than what's being broadcast? Uh, way possible. Way possible. Yes. Okay. It's 100%. The, the update they're going to have, this thing's going to be 1.5% down. Write this down on July 28th. I said it. You see when they update yeah. this thing in 30 or 45 days, it's going to be worse. You can tell. You can feel it. And that inflation number is the real inflation. 18 and 19 percent is real. That's a real deal. Not this way they they try to spin and try to lie to you. I want to go uh, on the natural gas, and this one I'll make sure uh, we we understand is that the natural gas is just not for heating your home, air conditioning, or or the gasoline, uh, you know, oil that gets the thing. It's in every product, but particularly in in food. I want you to talk about because the coming increases in food are still going to be there. That's why they keep saying, oh, we don't want the basket to include energy and food. Well, hey, that's why Walmart's not selling any other goods because the energy and the food costs. And food's only going to get – it's going to get exacerbated. Walk me through the correlation between the natural gas cost and the food cost, sir. Well, it's in there in, in three ways. First of all, the fertilizers. Urea, nitrogen, and ammonia are the three of the four key modern-age fertilizers used globally are all natural gas-created fertilizers. That's step one. That's huge. A lot of planters, uh, Alfie Oaks had been on a few months ago, reported out to us that they have substantially reduced the uh, fields that they've fertilized and planted in the spring because of the four times cost uplift of those fertilizers. Huge cost upticks. That's one. The transportation of, of, of vegetables, meat, produce is a huge portion of the cost, all driven by, well, that's, that's diesel mainly, in that case, not natural gas. But then the, the, the cold chain, the cooling, you know, 40, about 40% of our electricity is now natural gas-fired power generation plants. 
So the cost of natural gas is massively inside now of our electricity pricing, which goes to chilling those foods to keep them on the shelf and viable and consumable. So you've got now 60% of the cost of, of foodstuffs is now the energy component, it used to be a much smaller portion. So shortages because of the lack of planting due to high costs in the, in the planting season of fertilizers, plus the transport and refrigeration of foods driving the price up as energy is a huge, huge component of the cost of foods. Dave, in the couple of minutes I got left with you, just have you seen any action taken by this administration, action they could take to really start to help? They know they're playing games with the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but have you seen any fundamental action to get them off of their crazy uh, Green New Deal transitioning to a sustainable energy economy, sir? No, the new the, the the bill being proposed now that you know, suddenly Manchin appears to have gotten on board with is again all about embedded in it, all about environment, all about environmental extremism. Nothing in it about energy strategy, not 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 much. Um, and I give you an example: what's happened globally? We got fifty four nuclear power plants being built globally, uh, quite a few. Only five between Western Europe and North America. Five of the fifty four. That's the result of years and years and years of this kind of administration policy and the Nuclear Regulatory Commission making these plants completely non-competitive to build in, in, in regulating the build costs, things of that nature. Just to give you an idea how we stand, this bill is all about more subsidizing, more solar, more wind, uh, some nuclear, but that's, you know, let's see how that goes. That's not a bad thing, that piece of it. But mainly it's about it's a, it's it's an environmental bill. It is not an energy bill. It, and it's about higher taxes. It, that's all all negative. We, we need we need more baseload energy capacity electrically in this country. We don't need more wind and solar right now. We're, we're shuttering too much of our reserve margin, yeah. the, the excess generation capacity needed to prevent brownouts and blackouts. We're programmatically reducing a lot by these the imposition of even new uh, credits and inducements for yet more and more solar and wind. Um, we, again, reserve margins will be down by 2030 by about half of what they were in 2015. Huge that, drop. What, what, what Dave Walsh is saying, we're going to become a third world country as far as energy. Dave, real quickly, on, what's your social media on Getter? How do they get to it? It's at Dave Walsh Energy on Getter. Thank you, Steve. We'll have you back on, brother. Dave Walsh, he's laid it out for you. We're heading to be a third world country rapidly as far as energy production goes. Somebody that should be full spectrum energy dominant, like under President Trump. Short break. Joe Reek next in the worm. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly seven hundred thousand americans every year yes heart disease is the number one killer every year year in and year out heart disease builds over time hypertension high blood pressure bad cholesterol diabetes all of it affects our heart a healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older it is never too early to take care of your heart you see heart disease sneaks up on us you can start in your 30s and when this happens you're at serious risks by the time you turn 60 if you want to take care of of your heart, and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.